Welcome to Press Run, March 23rd. How the media normalized GOP's QAnon smear of historic Black nominee. Ugly stuff. Signaling that the party would not allow the Supreme Court confirmation hearing of Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson to be a serious and dignified one, Republican Senator Josh Howley began trafficking claims about the first Black woman tapped for the court. For the last week, Hawley and his allies have been trying to turn Jackson, arguably the most qualified Supreme Court nominee in the last half century, into a child pornography apologist. It's breathtaking, unconscionable, and straight out of the QAnon cult playbook. But the press doesn't care. In their eyes, there is no decency line that the GOP can ever cross. Nothing is out of bounds. On Fox News, Hawley specifically described Jackson as protecting pedophiles when it came to sentencing. Quote, I haven't been able to find a single case where she has had a child porn offender, a pedophile, in front of her where she hasn't given him the most lenient sentence she possibly could, unquote. Still, the New York Times downplayed the outlandish GOP smears against the mother of two, describing the slanderous allegations as merely, quote unquote, hostile critiques and Republicans, quote, forcefully attacking Jackson's record, unquote. In a puff piece highlighting four GOP senators this week, the Times elevated Hawley as, quote, one to watch, unquote, during the confirmation hearings. There's no indication, none, that if Hawley had directly accused Brown herself of trafficking and pornography, that the coverage would have been any different. That's how locked in the press is in terms of mainstreaming despicable, debasing claims from the GOP. The allegation that Jackson operated as some sort of pro-child pornography outlier on the bench because she's sentenced below federal guidelines is obviously false, as ABC News, among others, detailed. Quote, federal appeals court judge Joseph Bianco of the second court and Andrew Brasher of the 11th court, both Trump appointees, had each previously sentenced defendants convicted of possessing child pornography to prison terms well below federal guidelines at the time they were confirmed with Hawley's support. The Missouri Republican didn't make the vile claims because he thought they were valid or that they could withstand a moment of scrutiny. He made them to link Jackson to the odious phrases child pornography and pedophile, which are signaling mechanisms to the QAnon occult. And the press obediently played along. D.C. journalists regurgitated the lies when Hawley first made them, incorporating them in endless headlines. Republicans to roll dice by grilling Jackson over child pornography sentencing decisions, the Hill. Katanji Brown-Jackson, child porn soundbites and America's angry parents, Newsweek. Katanji Brown-Jackson defends her record on child pornography cases, Today Show. Durbin defends Supreme Court nominees Jackson's record on child pornography, Washington Post. Mission accomplished. Jackson became the first Supreme Court nominee in history associated with the phrase, child pornography. When Hawley's smears did get debunked, it was with timid, non-judgmental language. Republicans had merely, quote-unquote, omitted context, and the child pornography charges were, quote-unquote, misleading. The press treated the allegations with respect, as if Hawley had questioned Jackson's judicial philosophy. More importantly, the D.C. press completely ignored the blatant QAnon framing in play still reluctant to tie the GOP to a cult that believes that the Democratic Party harbors a secret network of pedophiles who drink children's blood, the mainstream press has played dumb on a massive scale. Hawley's attack on Jackson was simply confirmation politics, according to the Beltway conventional wisdom. There was nothing sinister at play. 
But there clearly was, as Salon's Amanda Marcotte noted, quote, it's also part of a larger strategy by leading GOP figures like Hawley to radicalize the Republican base by funneling them to conspiracy theories like QAnon. The endgame here isn't particularly mysterious. QAnoners were the backbone of the January 6th insurrection and continue to be a source of energy for the growing fascist movement that backs Trump, unquote. The far-right media certainly didn't miss the message Hawley was sending. An OAN, Red State editor Brandon Moore spouted QAnon rhetoric, claiming Jackson, quote, has a scary history when it comes to pedophilia or handling people who are pedophiles. It's one more drop in the bucket when it comes to dealing with the left and their problem with pedophilia, unquote. There's a direct line between Hawley slandering Jackson as a child pornography apologist and the right-wing sprawling conspiracy culture. During the 2016 campaign, Pizzagate was concocted. It alleged that prominent figures in the Democratic Party were running a child sex ring in tunnels beneath a Washington, D.C. pizzeria. Today, bizarre claims of child abuse, sex offenders, and pedophilia remain the center of the crazed QAnon belief system. It's no coincidence Hawley picked those issues to baselessly smear Jackson. In fact, the wider QAnon conspiracy theory insists that Trump remains on the verge of uncovering a throng of liberal elites who facilitate and participate in a sprawling child sex ring. That's the garbage today's Republican Party is tapping into during a Supreme Court confirmation hearing. And the press shrugs. Good stuff from the nation's piece headlined, The Pandemic Made the Rich $1.7 Trillion Richer. Quote Elon Musk, who was worth $26 billion when Trump issued his pandemic proclamation in mid-March of 2020. Today, he is worth $234 billion, at 851% spike that adds up to roughly $209 billion. During the same period, Google co-founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin doubled their wealth to nearly $114 billion and $109 billion, respectively. Amazon's Jeff Bezos enjoyed a more modest increase in his fortunes, gaining a mere $52 billion during the period. But Bezos still finished this remarkable run for the billionaire class as the second wealthiest man in America, unquote. Fun stuff because we all need a break. Weezer, a little bit of love. For 30 years, River Cuomo and his California guitar band has functioned as a pop rock bakery churning out endless confectionery delights. It's an impressive run, and the hits just keep coming. The latest bouncy little bit of love has you hooked after eight notes. It's the musical equivalent of sunshine. 